0: Let's go! What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Benchdown TV. I am Paul, and here with me today is Kyle. And we're talking The Witcher season two today. We're covering episodes three and four, titled "What Is Lost" and "Redanian Intelligence." Officially halfway through the season now. Very interested to see what you think of the you know these two episodes and where you think the second half of season two is headed.
1: Um, We talked a little bit before we started recording in that not like a a lot of things happen, but plot arcs themselves don't advance very far. I feel like with Geralt and Ciri, we get a lot of nice moments. I mean, Ciri's trying to train and we we find that out and Geralt's kind of being his protector self. Triss gets introduced to the storyline, which I thought was really nice. But I feel like maybe like Yen and kahir that's like the story that really moves the most those Mm. were dead that was definitely the most intriguing storyline to me i think the potential of siri and Geralt is still there to be the best storyline but with these two episodes i really enjoyed yen and kahir's plot lines
0: yeah they're uh i mean it's not unknown now that this is pretty much just unexplored territory like this is not uh referencing the books really at all it's kind of like
1: that's so crazy
0: It is. It's nuts. So, you know, this is all stuff that I I always said, I'm interested to see what you think the show's going to be just because as I'm watching that, I'm like, I don't even know. I have zero idea. Like episode one, you know, that happened in the books. Episode two, you know, they're kind of getting to care more and shit that didn't happen. You know, Eskel, I already said that. And then I started watching these two and I'm like, where the hell are they going with this? So I pretty much had no idea. Um, I'm trying to take it. Completely separate story, trying to watch it like I've never seen it before. Um, at the same time, it's nice to you know, pick up on the Easter eggs that they're giving you with like the games and little like, one-liners and stuff like that to the books, but it is its own animal now. It's crazy.
1: That is so interesting to me because I'm just thinking about from the perspective of like comparing it to Wheel of Time in that sense just for me because I've read all the Wheel of Time books so I'm kind of our SME for that show and then coming into this show I don't know anything about the story so I'm a pure virgin in this world and it's just so interesting that everything is like I would never know what was and what wasn't in the books.
0: Yeah. Which like it's shocking I'm,
1: that a lot of this wasn't in the books.
0: Emily kept looking at me and was like, what's going on? What's happening? I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I genuinely don't know.
1: That is crazy. I, I don't know how yeah. I would take that as like if the, you know, with wheel of time was the same way. Although there's people that will argue it's the same (laughs) thing and they're taking a dump on it, but I don't personally believe that, but I do wonder how I would handle that if it felt that different.
0: Yeah. I'm going to hold off. I'm going to rewatch all of season two before I give a final say on it. I will say (laughs) I, I I really don't agree with a lot of their opinions on what they've changed, but you know, let's see where it goes, right? Maybe it, Breed something awesome. I mean, speaking of shit that doesn't happen, we're gonna so we're gonna cover these episodes in character buckets just to make it flow a little bit easier. Um, and the first one we are going to cover is going to be uh, Francesca and Philivandril, and this is where they are just arriving at Zintria, uh, the Elvish pronunciation of Sintra, and you know it seems that they are being helped out by Nilfgaard, and it's kind of at least a place of refuge right now like a safe haven. And you know they're saying you know the north is basically formed an alliance due to their hatred of elves and now the north or I'm sorry, Nilfgaard aligned with the elves caused basically the entire north to turn against them.
1: Yeah. Um, I do have a question is is do you think cuz I guess you don't know but the Is that alliance and then the resulting kind of, not aggression, but just, I guess, potentially banding together of the North. Is that why that guy, that Nilfgaardian soldier is like upset with Fringilla for this alliance? Because I, I couldn't tell if, because we get in, the, in, in this episode in three and then episode four, two. Cause we'll be covering that in, in another episode, just recording this at the same time. I'm just curious, like, was he a racist? Does he not like elves or was he more of like a, from a strategic standpoint, like we're feeding all of these mouths and now the North is kind of united.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's honestly a good take. This guy, I believe his name is Hake or hockey, like H-A-K-E. I don't know how yeah. to pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> he It kind of sounds like he a little bit racist towards elves. He doesn't seem to view them in the same like way. He's saying they're talking about how they're supposed to train them, like these, you know, all the elves that are here, and then apparently there's four thousand more on the way. Like how he's supposed to house them and feed them, and then let alone train them, because the whole the whole premise of this is Francesca made this alliance with the elves because she wants to regrow her army and get Nilfgaard strong again. And she's using these elves to do that. Um, and she doesn't really share this with Francesca right away. They kind of actually bring it up right here, which, uh, you know, after the two of them start, stop talking, Francesca shows up and, you know, makes a f- remark like, Oh, like have you in trouble with your soldiers? Meaning, you know, this guy, Hake or whatever, he didn't seem to like Frangilla being in charge at all.
1: No. Yeah. You definitely got that vibe as well. And also, Did we know that Francesca was pregnant? I'm just thinking about it.
0: So we saw a a vision of her being pregnant when she was talking to the witch in the hut with no doors. But I straight up thought that was the witch showing her something, like giving her a vision. I didn't realize it, but yeah, this scene, when she walks up, she looks pregnant as hell.
1: Yeah, and they they mention it. I don't remember if it's in three or four, but it definitely gets brought up like almost confirmed. Well, I guess it's more of a rumor that she's pregnant.
0: Yeah, yeah. Word is spreading because, like, we we were talking about this last time. Elves can't have babies, basically. We, we talked about all the ones that can are too old. Well, basically, all the elves that are alive are too old to have kids. So, you know, word of an elf being pregnant—that's just nuts. And that's a—that's yeah. uh, why, like, word was spreading. <clears throat> Some I people realize, see it as a threat.
1: Oh yeah, I, I mean, I understand that. Well, I guess mm-hmm. I don't agree with it, but I understand why people would think that.
0: Uh, so yeah, Francesca shows up and they kind of talk about their visions. Uh, Francesca saw somebody masquerading white as Etheline, and Frangilla saw the Emir um, telling her to you know train the elves and make them their numbers strong again. So they both kind of know that who they saw wasn't the actual person. It was like kind of somebody else, but they're still following it. And I, I don't know, what do you think? Do you think it's going to work out? Do you think it's going to be bad?
1: I just feel like they're kind of desperate. I mean, that, that was uh, a theme almost of their visions, Jens included, and I believe it even says it, that it's kind of, they're just feeding off that desperation. I, I There's no way that it works out as cleanly as they think it will. So no, I, I just think, I think they're being led down a path that is not actually where they think they're going.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it's it's strange to just kind of, it's funny, you know, in Way of Kings, you hear a voice or you're given visions and you're like, okay, do I trust it? Or is it yeah. somebody trying to manipulate me? And this is like one of those situations where you don't really know, you don't really have the answers.
1: Yeah. They're diving head the fuck in though, because they, no questions asked, are just, all right, Alliance, I'm pregnant, yeah. let's do this.
0: And how do you how do you view Nilfgaard right now after season one and season two? Like, um, do you think they're, just like tyrants just kind of taking over
1: i would say no um i think this beginning of season two by just giving us this much for this much fringilla has kind of lessened that blow obviously season one they feel like that because you mm-hmm. don't know what the fuck is going on
0: yeah and you only get the view from the opposite side
1: yeah so i think meeting Frangilla and then a little bit of um kind of kahir because i don't really i don't hate kahir so, But mostly Fringilla up until this point. For the first three episodes, I think Fringilla makes them seem not likable, but like you have more of an understanding of where they're coming from.
0: Yeah. It's, the only reason I say that is because Fringilla has a line right here where she goes, you know, people see the black armor and they think we're imperialists. They think we want to destroy the world, but we're not. We're trying to feed. We're trying to house. We're trying to liberate. And I'm like, are you? I don't know. You seem to be going around killing a lot. But I, I can see like... Because there is a line coming up where it's in either this episode or next where they say, you know, I've heard uh, that Guard's a pretty good place to live. Like, maybe we should, uh, maybe we should move there. End yeah, effect.
1: that also is like a classic, like, colonialist take where I'm sure, like, Britain was dropping people off in America and was like, we got this. Like, we're bringing houses, clothing, all that <laughs> shit, you know? So I think they certainly believe that, but uh, the way that it's coming to fruition probably isn't as uh, as perfect as they're making it out the scene.
0: Um, and so basically that whole scene and the main point of it was that Frangilla wants an army and Francesca wants a home. she wants a home where she can raise her baby. So that's what they're coming to terms with and that was really it for that episode not a whole lot but
1: we're yeah. gonna
0: jump we're gonna jump over to Geralt and Siri the the one that I just cannot get enough of. Sometimes when it changes scenes, I'm like, just go back, just go back to Geralt and Siri,
1: dude. He, the two of them actually, too. I this is a great Siri episode. It's honestly, I feel like a little bit less of a Geralt episode, and yeah, she's amazing. She's great.
0: She definitely takes a spotlight here, and uh, I said it before, and I know people on the internet they they also agreed that you know season one we were a little bit worried to see you know how Frey Allen would portray Siri going forward but I think season two, she just absolutely nails it. I love her so much. Couldn't imagine anybody else being Siri now. She's just yeah, like, she
1: I picture a, her. She has a really nice edge to her. I think
0: she walks around with the shoulder shy, like princess attitude at the same time. She's like scrapping right here, trying to pretending to be a boy in season one. So she could go play knuckle bones on the street. She's, she's a badass. I like her. I mean, the first thing we get is her just straight up kicking the shit out of that dummy.
1: Yeah. Just, and, I, and she looks honestly, Better with the sword. They don't really tell us how much time has passed. Um, They might have. I just missed it. But she definitely seems to be improving.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been a little bit. We know that when Yen returns back to Eretu's of this episode, to, to say it has a line, you know, it's been a month since the Battle of Sodden. So... I don't know however much time you think the first two episodes of the first episode one of traveling to caramel. And they've probably been there for a few weeks. And yeah, Yeah. like you're saying, she's already looking good. She's getting the forms down and and something about her like eagerness to like want to keep going. She's like, Oh, like again, let's run it again. Um, She wants to get it perfect.
1: Yeah. I I really think that her training arc I guess, for lack of a better term, that's such like a an anime phrase, but oh yeah, that's like the most interesting thing in the show, I think, to me at this point, or at the very least, the thing I am looking forward to the most is is her growth,
0: definitely. And you know, we get Geralt too, like fixing his armor. I thought that was sick. It's is sweet. Oh, it's so cool, and the, the fact that he makes it himself is so much cooler for some reason.
1: I like how he says to her that like she needs to stop training so much because there is something called diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. And he said that, and I was like, would he like know what that term even means? So I just <laughs> went on like a stupid little rabbit hole and like the first time they ever used that term was like before the Industrial Revolution. <laughs> I was like, this is just a man ahead of his time. He just he knows all about this shit.
0: He is. If you read the books and we always preach and say that the best part of it is just them him talking with other people, and it's just conversations. He says some pretty intelligent stuff. And I'm like, how do you even know that? Like, is that even present in your world? And this is a great example of that. Yeah, I really like it. Siri's like, no, let me go train um, and all this other stuff because I want to beat, you know, the the Black Knight. She ends up getting a quick vision.
1: I mean, Geralt obviously knows that something's up with her. Because I don't think that he really knows that she has visions at this point. Not that I remember. So that's kind of, she definitely starts acting a little weird afterwards.
0: He does have a line later on where he kind of knows she has visions because she she saw him at Sodden Hill in the beginning of episode one. So I I agree with you. He's kind of piecing it together at the same time. Um,
1: And I trust him because he, like we just said, (laughs) is very smart. He's almost like a fucking detective. So
0: hell yeah. Um, And you were talking about the camera work episodes one and two coverage how about we got a nice shot of panning away from them going over caramorn yeah it looks I, good just it in looks the so and everything
1: yeah and you can really like it feels not like necessarily lived in but they do live there i just like the shots that it looks like broken because we've talked a little bit about the fall of caramorn of or they had mm-hmm. i guess so it's just kind of nice to see those effects
0: yeah doesn't it just look like a, like you want to play it in a video game
1: yeah, like well, definitely
0: to, that. It's just like explore the dungeon yeah. and castle and stuff. It also
1: looks like a nice place to just hunker down for the winter with the bros.
0: <laughs> Speaking of the bros, we go in, we see Lambert and Cohen. Um, I kind of like their back and forth. They're trying to tell Witcher jokes past the time. And he's like, all right, you tell me one. Like, what do you call a Witcher with no brains? Siri so he comes in, Lambert. I, <laughs> I like how she's just like already like nudging them and giving them jabs and shit. Something I don't like about this, though, is lambert's attitude like towards siri and at Geralt, right here like he is giving Geralt shit basically for killing askel
1: yeah um, i was shocked by that
0: and Geralt's saying you know that wasn't our brother not by the end of it and bitterness won't help us find what killed him and lambert's like i know what killed him meaning like oh you killed him you killed yeah yeah it's like, I,
1: I thought that wasn't cool
0: I don't know I just don't understand why they're making him like this they're like making witcher's bad traits personality traits it's it's weird
1: but, because like don't they like not I mean I guess there's difference between not having emotions and like not liking what people do Yeah I but they do I seem kind of emotional
0: Yeah besides and- Geralt they do definitely i mean Veshmir even cries later this episode yeah i thought that was
1: i thought that was uh interesting too
0: tris has a line where you know people think you don't have emotions but you know i know that you do maybe you just don't portray them or they don't affect you as much but like i know you can feel like normal feelings to what extent i don't know but yeah um I mean, Eskel's it got me
1: emotional when they're like the flashback when, um, Gerald has like the, the flashback to him and Eskil, mm-hmm. like a nice little moment they had. Yeah. And he's like, still kind of, I mean, you can tell it affects him, but I was like, damn, I didn't really like Eskil, but this is kind of making me sad.
0: Yeah. Right. Like it's this cool bro who they were, you know, a few winters ago, just training, yeah. talking about, yeah, he's like, Oh, we're for t- training till our legs fall off. And, uh, Gerald kind of like, Jabs at him real quick and he goes defensive. And Geralt's like, Yep, yeah, your legs still work, man. You're, <laughs> You're not training hard enough.
1: Yeah, I feel like they would have had an interesting relationship because esco kind of comes off as this, like a little bit of like a slacker, while Geralt comes off as, you know, for lack of a better term, and I don't even mean this in a bad way, just a pe- a teacher's pet. I mean, they even compare him to Vesemir a lot. So it would have mm-hmm. been like a little, like, buddy cop spinoff almost seems kind of funny.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Geralt has a cool line here, basically saying, you know, none of us will have any peace as long as there are still monsters in the world. Because Eskel's like, why can't we just relax? And Carol's like, nope, never gonna.
1: Yeah, that's wild. Just, it seems like, I mean, they clearly take that idea differently because Eskel's like, this sucks. And Carol's like, it's just the way it is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, we go uh, from that little flashback to Vesemir back dissecting Eskel He's trying to figure out what the hell's going on. He's saying this shouldn't have happened like there must be more tests i can run to track down whatever mutated the other leshy and gerald's like if there was a scientific explanation for this you would have found it by now because that's all witchers are they just do facts testing and all this other stuff so he I doesn't th- have an answer
1: i really think that's the most surprising part of this season as like a brand new fan is like how strapped they stay with all the scientific knowledge i mean they, i think vesemir it might be gerald i don't remember Mentions they had, they have a lab full of chemical compounds to turn day into night, and I'm just like, what? Like, I didn't like think we were gonna get here. I, some of my favorite scenes, I feel like, are them like figuring stuff out like this. I really like it.
0: I don't know what he means by that potion. I didn't. I didn't know if he meant like the way they perceive like turning night into day or something like that. Okay. But, uh, I mean, turning day. To, I mean, that's sweet. I don't know if that's gonna come back.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I com- took it completely at face value. I was like, "Oh shit, okay."
0: <laughs> but that being said, they do have an unbelievable amount of potions, chemicals, different compounds, parts of beasts and animals that they use. It's it's really cool how yeah, much cool. knowledge they do have.
1: They're like they're like warrior academics almost.
0: Yeah, they're like straight up scientists.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: And he wants to keep going and try to figure out what happened to Eskel, but. Geralt's telling him, you know, it's time to let Eskel rest. He deserves peace. They eventually bring his body to the caves.
1: I'm just curious. Um, Is that like a, I mean, they played it off as like a ceremonious thing. Like, is that kind of like an area where witchers get buried? Is that a a show thing? Is that a book thing?
0: Total show thing. Okay. Uh, I, I believe it is, at least. I don't remember doing that. I thought it was interesting because, you know, they are the house of the wolf. So, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but there are different houses of witchers.
1: Okay, no, I noticed that Vesemir calls Geralt Wolf a lot, but
0: mm-hmm. see, I don't know if there are even other houses in this world. To be honest, it, because they're saying you know Carimorn's the w- last witcher's home and all this other stuff, so they might all be completely wiped out. But there used to be, you know, different houses or wow. w- of witchers, so there would be like a. Uh, It's the term they call Geralt. It's going to piss me off. I mean, they call him the white wolf, but...
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say, but
0: Mm -hmm. I'm probably
1: not the person to ask the question to.
0: (laughs) Basically, he's school of the wolf. I think there's like school of the bear and other stuff. Um,
1: That's interesting.
0: So here, Eskel dies, and I guess they go and feed him to the wolves, you know, pay respect. I wonder if they, like, fed them to bears or something like that in the other ones.
1: Sounds metal as fuck.
0: And this is where we see are crying like we were saying you know it's strange to see them be showing emotion but you know confirmation that they do actually have it they're just talking and they keep saying you know none of this makes sense how do we miss it feels like the continent is evolving beneath our feet um, saying maybe the conjunction will come and change everything again
1: yeah I don't know if that's a little like low-key foreshadowing where like he obviously doesn't mean it in like a prediction sense but the show's throwing it out there and I don't know. I could get down with it if that's like an end game type of thing that like we're trying to prevent. Literally just throwing dartboards at a dart, or I'm sorry, throwing darts at a dartboard. Blackout drunk in a bar right now, saying that, but it would be interesting to me.
0: I could see you blackout drunk at a bar, throwing a dartboard at a dart. Like <laughs> just you said me, yeah,
1: just getting like you <laughs> drunk, holding it, and me just throwing the whole board at you. Yeah, yeah,
0: that'd be perfect just to go back to Siri. Uh, she's training and Lambert and Cohen, they kind of come up to watch and Lambert's, of course, giving her shit because Lambert's the biggest douchebag in this universe <laughs> and saying like, hey, when we came here, we didn't beat up strong men. She was like, all right, well, what the hell did you guys do? Um, He's like, oh, you don't want to go that way. That's a dark path. He like unsheaths his sword. I was like, what are you doing? Are you trying to be are you like trying to intimidate this little girl? And if yeah. you are, why?
1: He was being quite the hardo
0: yeah like cuts off the head of the straw man or all this other shit siri's saying you know i want to do what witches do so he's like all right follow me they go around the bend and they see an obstacle course they call it the uh, pendulum is usually what they call it in the books what were your first thoughts
1: like of the course itself i thought that she was struggling way too hard on the first obstacle <laughs> If I'm honest, just to be honest, although to her credit, the, I guess the, the floorboard, the one board that she had to walk on was not very stable. So Mm -hmm. I guess that would be hard, but the second one looked fucking impossible.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then I think
1: that like the narrative sense of the scene where she's earning their respect was really nice. I just like, couldn't stop thinking that she kept getting fucked up by those pendulum swings <laughs> for yeah. like less than good reason because I was like, just don't get hit. Just stop getting hit.
0: Which straight up spikes on them too. Yeah. They, there were so many blades and points, sharp edges on this obstacle course. It was insane. Pendulum is a famous like witcher training exercise. Everybody loves it. And this is one of the scenes that I absolutely loved in the book. So I loved how they kind of had Lambert in there kind of ripping her apart at first, but as she keeps getting knocked down and get back up, keep, keep getting knocked down, getting back up. He's like actually giving her tips.
1: Yeah. I like it. He,
0: he was saying like, you know, steady yourself, control your breathing, steady your legs. You can do this. I was like, all right, that's the Lambert. I know and love the one that like gives a shit about Siri and trains her and you know, gives her fond memories of being at Karamorn.
1: Yeah. That seemed like a very nice kind of result of the scene. I I figured we were going to get there and it was definitely satisfying when uh, he kind of turns that corner for her.
0: Yeah. How ridiculous was it though? Clears the first few obstacles way harder that we were talking about. Gets to, basically steps she's going up steps that she has to jump a little bit struggling way too much on that for clearing the other ones and then the I'm last afraid thing. Of
1: heights, so i don't know how well <laughs> i would have done on that but okay
0: she had everything she got the last two obstacles like swing bridge and the dangling chains and then she lands on the final platform and fucking falls off to the side i was like damn it
1: <laughs> yeah right in front of gerald too which is perfect
0: yeah they, they come back and he walks up just in time to be like oh so close.
1: Yeah, she bounces off that platform.
0: <laughs> yeah, and she like straight up spits up blood too and everything. She does get up by herself though.
1: She's working hard.
0: So they go back to her room and Geralt is fixing her up, bandaging her, putting ointments on her uh, wounds and this is just more cool witcher shit that they have. They're so knowledgeable. Like he opens up a case and there's like a million different containers and he just gets one and he gives a cool reason of why he won't let her train as hard as them and he said when a witcher cracks a skull you know strap him to a bed put put three ingredients into him and he'll survive like we can't do that with you really
1: yeah i mean she i mean for her that should be the end goal but i mean that sounds like the perfect kind of version of a of a warrior almost they they seem like i mean they obviously are purposely bred for this but that's just kind of funny that like, I just would, like, picturing, like, a casual scene of, like, me and my friends if we were witchers, and, like, you crack your skull open, and we're not really that wary. We just pump you with some shit and throw you in a bed.
0: Yeah, it'll be fine. Let sleep at all. <laughs> yeah, it'll be all right. Uh, so she storms out. She keeps bringing up this, like, this want of being a great fighter. She w- basically wants to be able to defend herself. So she runs out, and Geralt, like, looks up, and sees, like, a vine poking out. Pulls it, ends up getting a whole bunch of vines, and then Ciri's blue cloak that she wore when she escaped Cintra. She still is holding on to it. I saw this and I was like, "What the fuck is happening?"
1: I I don't know how like he feels about it because he's rather emotionless in the scene. But I'm just curious if that's going to end up being like a um like with Arya in Game of Thrones where they kind of tell her to hide Needle because she has to put that kind of her past behind her. And she's not able to. I'm curious if like – because she said she wants to kind of become a witcher. But can she both become a witcher and like save Sintra and like then be the queen and the leader? That seems like – like can we have a witcher queen? I don't know yet.
0: So you're saying take care of one thing? At yeah, a, like, I just don't know like <clears throat> if, if she'll be able to do that.
1: I'm, I'm not – I don't know. So I, it would be
0: interesting. I th- I, the way I took this and I don't know if this is right at all. Like the next scene we get of Geralt is him – like rushing in. It, it's Siri being trained by Cohen, and Gerald goes up to her and says, you know, that strange feeling that you get when someone's coming after you, can you explain it to me? And if she had to use one word, she describes it as a pull. It's like she's being pulled towards something. He goes on and says, if you were to follow, follow that feeling, where would it take you? She ends up closing her eyes. This is where she gets the vision of her being dragged in the woods. Um, so she's says the woods. And the way I took that tree branch grabbing her cloak was that what well, these monsters are just being pulled towards her and are going for her so trying to go for siri the monster the less she ended up grabbing her cloak yeah. but I, it just seems really weird to me
1: yeah i guess i, I just assumed that that was like a remnant of when Eskel was a leshy and it like was like part of him that was like kind of going like while he was fighting and doing all the other mm-hmm. shit was like searching through the keep for her. And mm-hmm. he got that close and then they end up killing him. So like, it was that close of a call. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't I mean, that's where I'm standing at right now because it makes no sense.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's my headcanon at least,
0: but we do go to the woods. We see Geralt in a sexy armor. It's mm-hmm. fucking phenomenal he was born to play this role That's and so good. he just walking around with the long hair and that armor. I'm like, I want to be friends with you so bad.
1: <laughs> Hit us up. Henry
0: Carol goes on to say that he witnessed uncontrolled magic from series mother back when series mother, uh, got married. It was during the wedding feast. Uh, this was episode four, I believe of season one. Um, we see all that that's with Dooney. And he says, you know, I don't know what that was, but there's a chance you inherited it or something like it. So he's kind of piecing it together. Siri realizes they're close. She looks, and then she sees the Leshy just straight up standing there without a hand. I thought, oh yeah. They make monsters look so good in this show. I will give them that. Like no matter what, I think of the storyline and what choices they make. They make killer beasts and monsters. So they know it's, it's missing the hand. So this is obviously Eskel's Leshy. Uh, Siri gets dragged a little bit. That's where her vision pops in. Geralt runs up and before he could even stab it, he does the cool blade thing again. This monster just comes up behind it and just slices it in half.
1: Yeah. That was like crazy to me. I would like, I f- they, they talk about the Leshy as this like incredibly badass monster, and then it just gets like its ass shredded up real quick. And I was like, god damn. I mean, I guess it does add to the tension of this new monster. Of, like, what is this? But mm. I was expecting more out of the Leshy. But I guess that was the point.
0: Yeah, to me, it kind of felt like a hat on a hat. It's like, oh, you're going to fight this Leshy. It's so badass. This is what took over Eskel. And then I guess they figured, we already showed you the Eskel fight. So let's just kill this monster and have another one come in. So again, this thing, they don't say its name, but uh, it's called a Myriapod. Okay. Really cool. And actually in the books, Geralt is supposed to meet Siri for the first time fighting one of these off. He's going through the Brocklin forest. All of a sudden he sees a little girl getting attacked by this thing and goes to save it. That's how they first meet in the books. That's very interesting. Very interesting, um, but it was cool that they are kind of pulling these monsters in from different parts of the the lore, and you know bringing them on screen because this thing looked incredible.
1: Yeah, it looked great. And I mean, speaking of looking great, the fucking landscape that she's running through, like to get away from it,
0: I was like, "Where cool are? This? Is this? Yeah, is this is this Ireland? Is this yeah. Iceland? It looked amazing. It did. Yeah, she kind of ran away and was just kind of hiding." And I was like, what is going on? This seems weird. Just yeah. killing screen time.
1: She did use Lambert. She was controlling her breathing, though. She made a point to control her breathing.
0: That's awesome. I didn't catch yeah. that. But that is sweet. She did. And then she pokes her head out and goes to run. Yeah. And I think I think the whole point of it was that the Myriapod was coming for her. Because, you know, Geralt gets knocked away. Instead of going for Geralt, Miripod kind of walks away, then goes towards where she's hiding.
1: Which, mistake, because you definitely want to kill Geralt first before you do anything with Ciri. Yeah,
0: you want to get Geralt out of the way. Yeah. Uh, And he kind of corners Ciri. Was he going to not kill her? Do you think he was going to kill her?
1: Are we confirming it's a he?
0: uh i I didn't see
1: uh, (laughs) yeah i didn't i didn't see any genitalia yeah but yeah you definitely got a weird vibe that it wasn't just immediately going to kill her so i guess that begs the question it was it was after her purposely after her didn't immediately harm her so it didn't seem like the the extraction type of monster Mm -hmm. but i mean maybe that could have been the goal i i really thought she was gonna like go into that crack i thought there was gonna be room for it
0: but yeah, that's what that she I, was
1: going to. I mean, obviously, Geralt just comes and fucks its
0: ass up. So, yeah, just drops down and does a sore throat's entire like spine Bad and ass. then chops his head off real quick. Always got to chop the head off. First thing they teach you in witcher school. Always got to kill the monster by chopping his head off.
1: Dude, and um, Geralt's our fucking star student. So
0: Yeah, Ace a Beast. The only reason I said that, like, is it going to kill Ciri is because it like put its like pincers out to block her when she tried to run. Yeah. But like didn't really you know, swing or do anything. He kind of hesitated. Whatever. Geralt did the right thing, chopped its head off. And she brings up the line, you know, less than perfect means death. That was referencing Sir Laszlo, her knight from season one. Oh. Who, he was uh he was assigned to take care of her and he died real quick at the Fall of Sintra. <laughs> uh, she said it earlier this episode meaning, you know, hey I wanna train as much as until I'm perfect. And then Geralt hits her at the very end with a Sir Laszlo would be proud.
1: Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. see. I didn't I didn't make that connection, so okay. I fuck with that. Yeah.
0: Geralt is a big softie. We we got yeah. we got we got that last episode, but yeah, he,
1: he is, man. He's just a very interesting character. All
0: right, so that is it for Geralt and Siri for this episode. We are going to jump over to Taseya. Because that's all we really got right now. We don't know where the other girl is. So we get to to say in Aratusa. This is one month after the Battle of Sodden. She's writing the name of all the mage casualties. and The last one we see, Jennifer you know, of uh, Vengerberg. And this is weird because I'm like, okay, Frangilla was just saying last episode she won't even conjure up good food. She'll only conjure up like little mushrooms for him. Her- people to eat because she wants to conserve her chaos and not use it willy-nilly and meanwhile you know to say is over here not even using her hand <laughs> to right like yeah. she's like using magic
1: i mean i guess are they and i guess they i don't really know how hard it is to get chaos because it seems like maybe she's not in such a dire position
0: that mm-hmm. maybe
1: she's the good are they at they're at Eratusa, correct
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and I mean- in season one, we did kind of get that whole mages that are training, but that don't make it. They get turned into like eels, and they end up being conduits for Arathusa. Another just fucking wild storyline <laughs> that comes out of nowhere. <laughs> but- <so> up. <laughs> I know, it's horrible. They just live forever as a fucking eel giving power to Arathusa. So I don't know, maybe she pulls chaos from that. I, I just basically getting that, like, they try to set up rules for the magic system, but then they just don't seem to follow it all the time. It's like, why just why not just let it be soft and crazy and no rules? Yeah. Anyway, we get to Istra being questioned by, you know, the Brotherhood. And he is talking about his time at the Nilfgaard archaeological dig site. Um, he didn't see anything, but Dragabor is just using this to say, like, oh yeah, if he was at Nilfgaard and didn't see anything, how are we supposed to know about it? To say is like, dude fucking we and vilgeforce told you try to get you all before they attack side so basically striker is just the biggest dick
1: yeah i mean he's just a wanker
0: it doesn't get better either He's a wanker who can't wank because as we know yeah
1: well i guess that's that's to the to say a, con- a, a comment rather about conserving chaos is he just like constantly using magic to keep his hands up
0: has to i guess
1: I mean he doesn't seem like the type to care about having to kill things or, or no, use, use eels not. completely all the time. So yeah. <laughs> I, I had forgotten his name. So I just Stregobor. kept Yeah, I just kept writing racist motherfucker.
0: Yeah. Piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, uh Vilgafors has a line saying the northern kings are coming and they need answers. Our prisoner has nothing. You know, there's a magical barrier in his head. Just that's nuts now. We can do that.
1: Yeah, that was an interesting confirmation that whatever to say it did in previous episodes, this didn't really end up working.
0: It didn't work. Um And history goes on to say, you know, all he was there to do was to study monoliths and they hold a history and possibly our future as well. Never really heard of monolith before this, something that they're leaning into really heavy. Obviously we get into it a little bit later in episode four. But- yeah.
1: It's a shame that this guy was such a cocksmack in the first season because I like, this like character archetype mm-hmm. but obviously you can't divorce it from him fucking yen over and Yen's obviously baby girl so yeah i can't fuck with him but i do <laughs> kind of i do kind of like this role that he's playing a little bit it's getting interesting but i mean obviously he's a rat so
0: he's a great actor i can't tell you his name off the top of my head i'm sorry for that but i do like him a lot um, and this is a really interesting character. It was a character that had a small part in the books, but they're kind of expanding it. And it's one of the things that I actually enjoy a lot of of one of the changes they make. He is a really cool character. I'm glad they're utilizing him. But yeah, he's just a giant nerd. He's a giant history nerd. And talks about you know Striga being a piece of shit. He's here saying you know the elves are running about. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to subdue them. And to say he's like, dude, the elves aren't our enemies. And he's like, well, you know. They are, and if we don't do, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have a point. He's like, they just are, <laughs> and, if, and if we don't do something about it, they're gonna be burying way more than fourteen majors, and then right in, she's like thirteen. <laughs> there comes yeah, and she ain't dead yet.
1: Yeah, she's not dead yet. Thank God
0: little bit weird of a line if I'm honest
1: but you know what I thought the weirder line was when her in to say I had this conversation on I guess this huge beautiful balcony for mm-hmm. just like a, a side comment my lord but when she calls Stregobor a fuckhead I was Loved like it. she knows the word fuckhead
0: <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah yeah she's funny to me oh man I should keep a, a yen fuck count going because She's been dropping the F-bomb nonstop, and I fucking love it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just the, the word fuckhead was just so funny to me in this context.
0: Yeah, she's a massive sailor. But uh, from that scene, you know, we go to Taseya and Yen on this balcony, like you were talking, call strike or "fuckhead." To fuckhead. it tells Yen that, you know, she's a war hero. We all owe you gratitude in our lives. But right now, you need to take a step back and let Vilga Forge carry the mantle. And it's because they're making a play for Stregobor and Frangilla's uncle's chairs. But I'm like, I don't know what. like, why not just Yen be fucking a boss? Why not come out?
1: I know. I I, I don't really understand that. Po- well, I guess. Is it because she's half elf? Uh, maybe. Is anyone else? I guess. No, they make it such a point for her. So maybe for like, her. Yeah. I mean, I guess Stregobor would be like, no way. Get this fucking heathen mudblood out of here.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Why Yen has to be on the hush hush. But speaking of Yen, we go to her at the pool and she's finally all cleaned up. She finally has a bath. Looks great. Um, she's at the pool and she's trying to use magic, not working. And, you know, in comes some other mages. Oh, also Yen yells, fuck right here. Yes. <laughs> when her magic doesn't work, she goes, fuck. And slash. <laughs> um so in comes Tris, who we haven't seen in a while, Sabrina, who was the one in season one, uh, who ends up he- heating up the pool, and then some third Jag, which I have no idea who she was.
1: Yeah, I but, in this scene, I was thinking, like, trying to remember who the other two girls were, and then they both. just started taking their clothes off, and I was like, all right, whatever.
0: I'm just going to watch. I'm yeah, gonna think.
1: I was like, ah, I don't need to think about anything else right now.
0: Yeah, I was pretty excited, and no one didn't say anything. I was like, ah. But it's okay. It um, was <laughs>
1: honestly a nice scene. I feel like Yen really needed that.
0: Yeah, she was back with the girls. I liked how Sabrina called her the savior of Sodno. She was like, surely the savior of Sodno knows how to heat a pool. And then yeah. goes and heats it. Yeah, they all took off their clothes, which was sweet. But not Triss. Not no. Trish, Because we learn, you know, she still has the scars where she burnt. Yen also has a line here where the first time she sees Trish, she's like, oh, I've missed you. Like you look different. And I'm pretty sure that's because in season one, Triss had like brunette short hair and people were absolutely furious. Like people would not stand for this atrocity. (laughs) They were like, Triss Marigold is supposed to have red hair. And I think that's why she grew it out longer. And now it's, it's still a little bit brunette, but it's more red.
1: I like her color hair. I mean, obviously I'm not a book reader, but I, It's just an interesting color. I think it looks good on her.
0: Yeah. I mean, I like the way she looks to be honest. Um, It's, you know, different take on the Trish that we know from the games, but you know, it's completely its own thing. It's cool to see them reunite. And later on, it's actually, we, we go through a few more scenes, but we come back to, it's just Trish and Yen at the pool. um, And they're talking about Sodden and Trish even goes on to say, you know, if one of us gets to live, I'm glad it's Yen. That's what she was thinking as she was dying. And Yen's like, well, you know, don't worry. It'll be Yen, the one who will find a way to fix your scars. And Trisha's like, no, no, I don't want that. Like some things can't be fixed.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting take. I feel like I wouldn't agree with her, but it's commendable.
0: I I wouldn't agree. either. (laughs) I mean,
1: yeah, I guess it's commendable. Although I've never been through that level of drama. So who am I to talk?
0: It's like, if you like your scars, that's okay. Right. Like leave them.
1: Like when, um,
0: uh yeah she changed and changed her body she left her scars from when she tried to kill herself just because yeah, she nice. liked those ones as a reminder yeah um, i
1: got a couple of knife cuts from hills that i kind of particularly like
0: i have a nice yeah, little scar once, on my
1: elbow that i got from rollerblade when i was a little tyke i like that one
0: hell yeah they're all scars of stories some people yeah, like scars
1: i guess i get it
0: we actually cut from this to Stragabore.
1: what a terrible tone
0: shift this is i it's so confusing if well, if I'm just not-
1: talking about we're we're with we're with ladies in the pool and then now we got this fucking scumbag who's trying to teach everyone else to be racist against elves.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what he's doing. He's telling telling a story about this girl named Falka. Um, you- I don't believe you've heard anything about her in season one or season two so far. She is, you know, as he was saying, this elf, the way he tells it is, you know, she was a power hungry mud of a girl, cried death to all kings when Verdank, her father, spurned her elf and mother. Ben on her vent, she slaughtered nobility, civilians with her bare hands, and incited a rebellion, burned cities to the ground. And Istredd comes in, he's like, dude, that's not true at all. She was like, Falco was a girl forgotten by her family. I was trying to get her rightful home back. Striker boy's like, you don't know anything. Get out of here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would know. I don't have any hands.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, And I don't know. I just didn't enjoy the use of fire magic to tell this story. That's like, what
1: I was curious about. I couldn't tell if he was using fire magic or it was like some type of projection
0: that he was just like
1: putting up there.
0: Yeah. Like if, if it was just an illusion that he was yeah. creating, it was yeah, that's an actual better, fire. That's a better term for it. Because like, why do they make fire so taboo? And then, you know, they go out and show strike or using it, but I don't know. Well, well, yeah, honestly, Yeah.
1: I mean, taboo. I guess personally, I didn't think that it was fire magic.
0: Hmm. Um, so yeah, Istrid comes in and just starts talking about, Hey, you don't know what you're talking about. And it, it gets crazy. Somehow he's throwing. So you're saying Yennefer is related to Falca. And so strike saying like, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. But basically he's doing all this to try to get Vilgefortz to not go and charge Nilfgaard with Tissaia, because that would be the downfall of like all of them.
1: Okay, I definitely thought he was just sticking it to Yen. That's what it felt like.
0: He was. It was. You know, both of it. <laughs> he was. Yeah. He was always trying to get something across, though, because he's always has an agenda.
1: Yeah, he's just a scumbag. I don't know. I've. I mean, this episode, if it did one thing well, it did a lot of things well. But if it did one thing well, it was to get across that this guy's a fucking piece of shit.
0: Oh, he totally is. So a little bit later, we get Yen kind of walking through the halls. She's looking absolutely fine. She has like a quick run in with Velgaforts. And it's like a short talk about politics. And I guess that was to reemphasize the fact that Yen is kind of taking a back seat. And then she goes by Kahir. They have a little quick conversation. They kind of know each other um, a little bit. Frangilla has told Kahir about Yen. And Yen, you know, seen and fought him, Kahir, on the battlefield. So they had a quick back and forth. And then she runs into the dickhead himself, Stregobor. Of course, he just does something so atrocious, touches her, puts her in, like, a mental prison, and then does, like, the Tissaia mind torture to go back and see her visions, because he doesn't trust her. Yeah. He's saying, you know, why was this chick that was a Nilfgaard come back, and, like, why is there no suspicion? But, like, mm-hmm. slow your roll.
1: It seemed like he pretty much just, like, raped her in the hallway.
0: It probably was, like, the mind rape. Yeah. The mind rape equivalent.
1: I was like, damn, this dude's bold.
0: Yeah, it was it was right in the hallway, which <laughs> was not comes smart. And
1: fucks his ass up though.
0: Sends him down the hallway, hits the wall. It actually goes into Stregobor answering for his crimes, basically to say it has him in front of the Brotherhood, uh, stating that he committed treason against one of their own. And uh is trying to say, you know, Yen is a threat from. Th- she is a threat inside these walls. Milga Ford, she's talking about threats outside the walls. She is a spy inside. How do we know that she's not evil? And they're like, well, how do you, how do you know? And Striker was like, I don't know, but I don't know that she's not.
1: Yeah, that little fucker. <laughs> He's like, and, how do you know that I don't know that you don't yeah. know?
0: <laughs> and they come to the conclusion that Yen is not a traitor if she kills Kahir.
1: Yeah, just somehow it turns out bad for her. She just got basically mind raped in the hallway, and it's so just enough doubt in her that now she needs to cut someone's head off.
0: Yeah, I she just should
1: have never came back to Aratusa.
0: Seriously, I, I, nothing but bad things. It seems to be awaited her here. Yen has a little talk with to say about this like, why do I have to do this? Like, this is insane. Um, eventually, to say is like, well, you can get out of it by telling telling them you lost your powers and she's like nope won't do it. I'll go I'll go ahead here before I tell them I don't have powers.
1: Yeah, that's such an interesting kind of I maybe it's a character flaw, but this is just such an extreme way to show it that it would really be that easy almost. Mm-hmm. But it she almost can't fathom admitting that to these people.
0: Yeah, she's like nothing without her power. She's like keeping it close to her chest.
1: She's something to me. <laughs>
0: I agree. She's beautiful to me. She's very gorgeous to me. <laughs> Yennefer and Istrid have a real quick talk where he calls her Yenna. She's like, don't call me that.
1: Yeah, get out of here, bro.
0: <laughs> get out of here with that. Uh, kind of basically showing that Istrid was willing to run away to Nilfgaard with her, but also kind of help her out saying, hey, Stregobor has spies on the tower. Like, you can't sneak out. Yen gets a real quick vision from the old witch. And is telling Yen to come to her. I think that will be important later on in the season. Yeah. These reoccurring visions. I
1: think they've been doing them well. I think that mm-hmm. the Siri ones were a little more plain compared to what we got in episode two. When we get the, the witch, when we first meet the witch in the hut. But this was nice. I liked the kind of the red light. It, it definitely was a little, it felt a lot more intimidating and like, oh fuck.
0: So we get all the mages and Kahir and chains and they are walking uh, to the execution platform and kahir has a cool line where he says you know it is in blindness that we find our true strength yeah and I feel like this is just a straight shot at yen because yen is quote unquote blind without having her powers right now and she's supposed to be like trying her finding her true self true, true strength I don't know maybe I'm reading me too much into it but we get all the kings. Um, we see a bunch of them, but there's only two that really are important, and that's the two that end up talking. We know King Foltest of Tamaria. He was in season one. He was the Striga king. Yeah, giant butthole. He was in love with his sister. <laughs> and then this new guy is King Vizimir, and he is the king of Verdania. And they have a quick conversation, and they're talking about Jennifer, basically showing that they have advisors that know a lot of information. Therefore, they know a lot of information. Fault Test even has a line. You know, our most trusted advisors become less and less trustworthy, like, every day. Every day. Bozmir also brings up uh, the name Dijkstra. This is the first time we hear the name Dijkstra. He obviously comes into play next episode. Vilga is going on to announce why Yen is sacrificing or killing Kahir. Saying you know they must all unite against a common enemy, and that is what then this is what strength looks like. And I'm like, strength doesn't look like chopping off the head of a helpless man to me.
1: Well, I mean, he was like the isn't he like their captain general? Isn't he the leader of their armies?
0: Yeah, he was in charge of the attack on Sintra, basically. So that is
1: that's a fairly yeah. large show of strength, I would
0: say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just feel I mean yeah, that he's he, chained up. Yeah, I mean, he
1: totally <laughs> looks like shit. Like. Yeah. <laughs> he, he doesn't come off as yeah. It definitely doesn't look like this large display of power, but I guess symbolically, what this man
0: was, you yeah. could argue. <laughs> but yeah, trust I mean, me, <laughs> trust me, Kings. This guy was a piece of shit. Like, yeah, you here. see this
1: fucking this sewer rat right here. He used to be something.
0: Yen, after getting hand of the X, decides to set here free, and then shot down the bonfires to make sure they couldn't get chased, um, and. He hears, like, why you save me? You know, don't flatter yourself. I'm saving myself. And they ride off. I was so fucking confused. I was like, yeah. Th- that has never happened. Didn't see that coming. I just had, yeah, I don't I know mean, where this just, is going.
1: It left me with some questions. I mean, it was kind of like, so she's thinking that being branded as a traitor or a spy and getting, like, the freedom to go out and search for her cure is worse than admitting that she's burnt out. Yeah, I guess I guess I'm just confused of like I guess I keep saying I guess because I don't know. Um <laughs> like she felt like a prisoner at Aratusa, where she's like technically free, but she has to take the back seat because Vilgafors needs to be the hero. And she's also, I guess, against a little bit. Stregobor is obviously seems to have something out for her. It just yeah. And also, I guess I'm in the vision, the voice does say, like, come to me. So I guess. She thinks she needs it an out. And it, I guess from my perspective, it seems like she feels trapped in Aratuza, and there's no way that she's going to be able to get her chaos back and kind of do what she needs to do while she's stuck there. So this is the only way I guess, but it definitely was kind of like, I was a little confused at why she took this drastic of a measure, but at the same time, she's not really thinking straight, I guess.
0: I mean, I, I totally agree. Uh, her, her one ally on her side to say, a. Uh, now like what the fuck? Like you're running away with the prisoner and like that's insane.
1: Yeah. And then in front of everyone, like there's no ifs yeah. or buts. Like it looks
0: horrible. Yeah, th- she's definitely way higher up on the uh suspect list now.
1: Yeah. She, I mean it was the whole thing was show them <laughs> that you're not suspect yeah. and that you're not a traitor or a spy. And then she And just, then she freaking runs away with, yeah, with she the says, prisoner. Fuck that.
0: All right, well, that's going to do it for us for episode three, guys. Episode four, it's going to be right out, right behind. Just keep an eye out for it. If you like what you heard, our podcast also covers you know, Wheel Time, Dexter, Midnight Mass, Rick and Morty, all different kinds of shows, but really, really good shows.
1: And um, we're really, really out. good at it.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> check us out on our website, bingetowntv.com. That will lead you to everywhere, including our Patreon, our Instagram, our Twitter, um, and you know, anywhere you get a podcast, check us out, com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.